What's good, Boston? What's good? It is September 28th. We're sitting at 8 p.m. It's Friday. What a day, right? Kavanaugh. Flake. judicial hearings amazing (laughs) simply amazing so if you're anything like me you certainly love following politics you love get being involved in your community I'm a community activist I work with a fantastic organization the poor people's campaign a national call for moral revival And this country is or has been in a totally new dimension since January 2017. We know that infamous day, right? My, my, my. Right now, we have a Supreme Court that only has eight judges. You know, the Supreme Court, the highest court in America. This court system is a, you know, it's a system that was set up to have nine judges to be these ultimate Individuals who help construct our culture, our society. They have put forth opinions that have created our culture. How we go through the world in America. So this court is very important uh, to how we function uh, as individuals, to how we function as organizations, as businesses, as a people. This is a very important uh, system. So right now we have eight judges. We're missing one. (laughs) And this administration this Trump administration. They've already given us one. (laughs) Right? They've already given us one. Now they're trying to give us another. Kavanaugh. And what a piece of work he is. But really, think about it. Kavanaugh is really the epitome of someone like a Trump being in a White House. It's someone with a political agenda. It's someone who's an extremist. And of course, it's someone who does not respect women at all. That's kind of like one of the hallmarks. That's one of the, the markers 
of people who are amongst those who are affiliated with, with Trump, really the GOP, right? Really the Republicans. That's one of their markers. They have a particular way when it comes to women. And so as we, you know, get to see another face of, of Kavanaugh, we see that he's a really, he's a really angry man. Right? And so in so many ways, I know people will say, hey, he has every right to be angry. You guys are attacking him and his family. Right? He's going through a hearing process where there's an individual, Dr. Ford, who has accused him of sexual assault 36 years ago. And she was brave enough to stand before America and tell her story and, and, and what an amazing story it was when, when we find out about it and the grace and poise uh, that she displayed in front of us was simply noteworthy very remarkable and then we get Judge Kavanaugh. And it was a different story with Mr. Kavanaugh. Judge, I'm sorry, Kavanaugh. Very different story. Someone who was unhinged, very angry, unable to answer questions, or really refusing answer questions Um, belligerent you know everything that you would think that a judge wouldn't have when it comes to character and behavior he had it he displayed it and throughout it all 98% of Republicans said great job That's the guy I want on the Supreme Court. That's him. People, particularly those who are registered voters, but not necessarily voting. It is so important that you start voting and and participating in the political process. This two-day circus is an example of why it's so important that we not only register to vote, because you you gotta definitely be registered if you wanna vote, but we have to vote and also be active in our communities. We have to get more involved in the issues that matter the most to us. And I think the most important way to get involved is to start building relationships with individuals who have the same concerns that you have. If you are a mother and you happen to be a single mom, 
trying your best to raise your kids by yourself. And you're dealing with a public school who is not helping you, who is really bringing trauma to your child because of all their insane policies, with teachers who are not engaging engaging your child, with a, a, a school system that really is not showing the best interest to your child, it is imperative that you get involved as a voter and that involvement must include speaking to other parents, organizing with other parents, building your base as a parent, knowing the issues, and then participating in the political process to vote individuals out and to vote the right individuals in. And if those individuals don't exist, you step up to the plate and you become those individuals. As a community activist, something I enjoy so much, relationship building is at the core of what I do. Meeting individuals where they're at, listening to those concerns, and then building a relationship centered around that that deals with solutions. Not just articulating what the problems are, we're really mapping out what the solutions ought to be. And then holding accountable those individuals who sit in spaces where they're supposed to administer solutions. And if those, and, and, and if those individuals aren't doing that, then you vote them out. We live in a country right now where our rights are crumbling right beneath our feet. They're crumbling. I don't want to get into just how horrible this freaking president that we have right now. We know how horrible he is. The whole freaking White House. Horrible. It's, a be, it's beyond embarrassing. But we can do something about that. We can do something about that. We have much more power than we realize. So I'm here today to say get involved, stay informed. And know that your power can be amplified by building relationships. We're going to see next week, or at the end of next week, 
another circus. Right? We're going to get a replay of the anger of these some of these gray-haired white men. And we're going to say again, unbelievable. Because they're going to just continue to do the same thing. Show you they have no moral compass. And they're going to stick to their agenda. Now, I know many of us, and I'm on, and, and I believe this as well, when Michelle Obama say, when they go low, we go high. I agree. But I'm going to tell you, at times, we need to learn how to go low. We need to learn how to go low sometimes. Not the entire game. But we need to learn how to meet the enemy. We can meet them where they're at. Right? And so... This game of politics, it's a different world right now. It's a totally different world. The rules have changed. We need to recognize that. Adjust, adapt, and overcome. Move forward. I'm super excited about the midterms coming up. Super excited about it. Uh, This country has an opportunity right now to have three, (laughs) three black governors. So we are still out there making history, even though we got this thing in the White House. Um, There's a blue wave that we know about that is happening all over this country. I don't think this blue wave it's finished. I think this blue wave is, 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 is growing. Be a part of that change. Get involved. Know the issues. Build your base. Create systems where it becomes farms, where we are preparing the next individual to run for office. Right? We know that some of us live in districts where We have people in political office who are not qualified, but they don't have anybody running against them. We need to really start looking at our districts much more closer and start measuring them. How many times, how many people in your district run unopposed? I don't care if you even like that individual. I don't think anyone should ever be running unopposed. To me, Um, That says something about the district, says something about the individuals. No one, even if their person is doing a great job, no one should ever be running unopposed. People should always be getting involved um, and being a part of the process to always improve it. So... Crazy world. Crazy, crazy, crazy world. Um, shout out to Jeff Flake for, for stepping up to the plate. It's all po- politics, though, at the end of the day, right? 
On one end, you'll say, oh, what a courageous guy. But on the other end, eh, you're kind of being like a heat shield for the Republicans, right? It's, it's politics, baby. It's politics. None of those guys or women move without a, you know, there's a motive behind it. There's nothing purely about the people when it comes to politicians right now. There's always some other hidden agenda when it comes to, you know, what people do in politics. So we, we have to recognize that. And the only way you're going to recognize that is by being involved. Right. So shout out to Jeff Flake, uh, you know, taking one for, for his team, you know, uh, keeping, keep, keeping hope, hope alive. Um, but, um, you know, you know, what if Kavanaugh doesn't make it over the finish line? Guess what? It's going to be another knucklehead right behind him. Gonna, there's plenty of extremists like Kavanaugh. Yeah, he's certainly an extremist. He's coming from that Trump camp. You know he is. So if they get rid of him, believe me, they got more ammunition. So we need to start thinking about always having ammunition in that chamber, right? Always. Um, hopefully I can circle back around next week and we can talk about what happened. Talk about the results. Craziness. Uh, I want you guys to try your best to enjoy your weekend. Um, shout out to all my community activists. You know, weekends are very you know, good time to, you know, do things in your community. A lot of activities usually happen on the weekend. People are off on the weekend. So it's great time, great opportunity to build relationships, find out what people are most concerned about and seeing how you can be valuable uh, to your family, to your community, to your neighborhood, to the city. All right. Be easy. What's good, Boston? Today on Black Superheroes, we will be speaking about our Black superheroes in hip-hop. And I want to look at two fantastic, amazing, classic albums that have recently dropped the past year. So I'm talking about Jay-Z's 444 album. I thought it was a masterpiece. Uh, He elevated his game. Um, Jay-Z is just, um, you know, my my number one favorite artist in the game when it comes to hip-hop. So I want to talk about his album. And then I want to talk about Lemonade. Lemonade is, is, is a Mona Lisa of music. Um, I think that is Beyonce's best album, and it speaks so much volumes about how she expressed herself in the evolution of her marriage. And 
you know, artists nowadays, I think for much of what I understand, um, we kind of have started to take it for granted. But much of artists right now reveal so much of their lives through their music. They're really intimate in the stories that they're telling their fans. And so, you know, these stories, some of these stories are very tragic. And so it really depends on the artist, their brand, what story they want to tell, you know, how much of the story they want to tell when it comes to their fans and how that reaches and connects with people. And so for women, the, the, I, you know, that Lemonade album really spoke volumes about women, particularly powerful women, uh, you know, in a relationship who discover in this fairy tale romance with their marriage that they've that their partner has been unfaithful. Right. So Beyonce has this huge platform when it comes to being an entertainer. The beehive. Oh, my God. That's now just a part of our lexicon now when it comes to Beyonce and who she is. I think Beyonce has passed the, the status, in my opinion, when it comes to pop culture of Michael Jackson. I think she's bigger than Michael Jackson. I think she really is. And, you know, some some can argue, but I, I say right now in our in our pop culture, when it comes to personalities, when it comes to, you know, who people are talking about uh, in the world of music, Beyonce is just who's bigger than Beyonce in music right now? Taylor Swift was somebody. Say, come on. We know that's not true. Um Rihanna is Rihanna bigger than Beyonce? Mm, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Now we can argue with musical chops as far as voices and stuff like that. You know, that that's another conversation. But when it just comes to how much space that some their mere their mere name takes up so much space. Give you an example, Oprah. You know, everybody loves Oprah. I, I, okay, I'm a liberal, so I, I know there's some some you know some claim to that uh, as far as you know everybody loving Oprah. But for for sake of the argument, um, you know, we know that Oprah is huge, right? And so, uh, and how successful. Uh, Oprah is, you know, so, you know, we 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 talk about how big these people are, but they've put in some work and, and, and they've earned their spot, in my opinion. And so Beyonce, I think the Queen Bee, uh, that Lemonade album, um, just how it played itself out, how the Carters have played themselves out in our public space and, and through their music, how they make songs and how these songs resonate. And I think those two albums, Lemonade and 444, are fantastic albums. And I would love to talk to the, um, talk to, about it, speak about it um, in some upcoming podcasts. So 
I'm going to dig in just a little bit uh, today, speaking about Jay-Z's 444 album and why I think, you know, that's when it comes to Jay-Z, you know, that's top three, top two, right? Of course, um, we know that Jay-Z has been in the game for such a long time and everybody has their, you know, favorite Jay-Z album. You know, my, you know, I, one of my favorites, I think my top one is the Black Album. You know, um, Jay-Z basically going in, into retirement, saying all, had, all he had to say. He, there was so many hits on that album. Oh, man. And so um, I've been a Jay-Z fan since 1996. Was that when Reasonable Doubts came out? Um, maybe so. I gotta look at that. Um, so, um, I've always followed this guy. And he just continues to just elevate the game when it comes to hip-hop. And so, those who out there who are lovers of hip-hop like I, like I am you know, tend to be Jay-Z fans. They tend to be, okay? You know, of course, when you're great in the game, they're always going to be haters. I, we get that, right? But, you know, one of the things that people that, when we talk about greatness, part of greatness, or actually, let me put it this way, greatness is certainly measurable. I, I think... When you really want to talk about who's great in any particular uh, field, it can be measured, right? Some may have philosophical arguments. A lot of times with that, you can't really measure that, right? If, if, if I like a hamburger and somebody else doesn't like it, doesn't mean that one person is particularly wrong. Because that comes when it comes to taste, But when it comes to raw measurement, one of the ways you measure greatness when it comes to talent in the music industry is sales. Who's buying your albums? How many people are buying your albums? Right. That can be measured. So if you have number one hits after number one hit after. It's hard to argue. That. Somebody's not great when they have the they have the stats to back it up. So Jay-Z, I need to go Google this. How many number one hits have Jay-Z had? How many classic albums have Jay-Z put down? Oh, man, I would say there were some bumps in the road. Okay, (laughs) I would say Jay-Z had about. At least 85% of all of his output, top of the game. I would say top of the game. He had an 85% output so far. I'm not going to get into what I th- thought was some, a couple of duds. I think he even talks about it. I, I know I read some, 
somewhere kind of how he measured himself. So he know he had some duds in there. Um, but for the most part, boom, Jay-Z had a, a song out. You remember it. You remembered it. It put you in a place. And that's what kind of songs do, really. Right. That's kind of the power when it comes to the industry and talking about greatness and longevity. And this is kind of falling into the kind of philosophical aspect of it. But it's really the beauty of beauty of music, how how music when it comes to just our mental capacity, music becomes almost like markers in our memory. Okay, let me give you an example. Who remembers Janet Jackson when she had uh, her album come out? And her album, I want to say, what's the name of that album? Play, um, but one of my favorite songs on this this album was uh, Pleasure Principle, right? And so now I know during that time period when that album came out, I was um, I was a teenager. I was a teenager. And so during that time period, my capacity for um, joy and dancing and having a good time, she animated that, right? So I can remember those moments. And so music, you know, and, and, and then it's staying power, right? Because I remember that song. I remember that. Um, that's the power of, of music and its weight when it, in our memory. And so you can measure that, right? Um, so Jay-Z, I can remember when, where, let me see. What was I doing when I first heard Jay-Z? Because I was in the military. I was in the military. I remember, now one thing I remember, I fucking remember when I first heard Biggie, Juicy. Um, I was in Okinawa. I was in. No, I was in Tokyo. At a club. I was in Tokyo at a club when I first heard at a hip hop club, dancing, you know. Um, Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps, first time being overseas. Enjoying myself, I'm 21. I'm 21 years old. Wow. And I hear Juicy for the first time. And that song just like, wow, Biggie's voice. It was just the music. I'm like, and you know, it, it, it just, what a moment. What a moment. And so I was a Biggie fan from, from then on. What, I think everybody was. Right. And so Jay-Z has always been there. Boom. 
And these things are very, very important, right, to the quality of our lives, uh, to um, just the joy or even the reflection, because music not only brings you joy, but also music has the ability to paint pictures of what's happening and it brings a certain type of reality into you know what a person is feeling or what it, what they're going through or it can even be on another level very enlightening right because you may know certain things like for instance what is Jay-Z doing on this album 444 what is he doing We can even start off with the title of the album. It's a series of fours. What's up with the fours? What is he saying there? He even has a song on there. Title song. Four, four. Right? You know, and and and, and that's, you know, the song... That's the song that I was playing at the beginning of the podcast. And he's he's telling a story in this song. So on one level, on many levels, as a matter of fact, 444 is, a, is an apology letter to Beyonce. It's an apology letter. Here you have this black billionaire who who has so much of the popular cult. He he feels so much of the popular culture. He feels so much. Um, it's amazing, right? I mean, Kendrick Lamar just won a Pulitzer. Just wants a, a Pulitzer, uh, Pulitzer Prize. You know, and that has never been done by a hip hop artist. I know I didn't say it correctly, but you know what I'm talking about. So. um, The weight that hip hop rap has on our culture is. It's very powerful. We control culture when it comes to that space. Our our hip hop artists really control the culture when it comes to that space. Um, And so to have him as this major artist Telling his story. Jay-Z has never done that. If you look at his. His 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 um, catalog of hits. He's never been intimate like this. And that's the that's the beauty of him evolving as an artist. And that's how that's why I appreciate 
the album so much more. I've grown with Jay-Z, right? And he's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jay-Z is what, 46? He's my age. He's a couple years older than me. And we have the same birthday, December 4th. So I know about those four, four, fours. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a numer- numerologist. So, you know, it, 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 it connects with me even more. So the point that I'm making is that those two albums are on our superhero list, right? And I'm looking forward to, to speaking more on the issue of why these two albums are, are, are classics, why it deserves so much more of our listening uh, and appreciation for what they're talking about. I think um, just because of where we're at in our culture, um, it's the, important to understand and recognize certain moments as they're happening and try to benefit so much from the insight that certain things are giving us. So, you know, this album 444 is certainly give us, giving us an insight to a couple who's married. Uh, there, there are two successful business people. One has been unfaithful, right? He's apologizing. Um, I was, I was young. I was immature. He's admitting this to all of us. I was immature. I, yep, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. Uh, I'm thinking about our children and I don't want them to um, lose respect for me as their father. Here you have this beautiful, beautiful woman in so many ways. And you out there acting like a fool. Still sleeping around being unfaithful with, faithful with this woman, with this queen, not this, just this woman. You're being unfaithful to this queen. In front of the world. How dare you, Jay-Z? And don't so this is his apology letter. 